You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters for our weekly check in around the NHL. The trade deadline is five days away. We're in the last month and a half of the season. Things are starting to ramp up. So let's not bury the lead. Let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's not an exciting time of the year for a Coyotes fan. Like if if you're in that, you know, nine, eight, seven spot in the playoffs and you're you're fighting to get in and you get that word that you're finally buyers. You're a buyer at the trade deadline. Then the trade deadline is unbelievably exciting. Who can we get? Who can we get? Who can we get? You're you're glued to it. That's not what's happening here in Arizona. So it's it's unfortunately the, the climax or the you want to say anti-climax, it's just gonna be what draft picks can they acquire and what assets for down the road can they acquire? Cause people are going to be going out the door instead of in. So although there may be some activity from the coyote side, it's not a day to get too excited about as a coyote fan. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a perfect summary of it. Really. It's, it's going to be players going out. Um, maybe, you know, maybe like a, a college guy coming in. We talked about Jack McBain, on the pot, the show last night. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. There are other teams in on him as well. You'd have to make sure he wanted to play here, but by and large, this is going to be about asset acquisition. Again, the Coyotes have stockpiled for the 2022 draft. I think they'd also like to stockpile for the 2023 and 2024 drafts so that you have a steady stream of prospects coming through the system. Um, so that's, that's what this is going to be about. We'll see if the big name comes off the board. There's, Again, there's there's up and down reports about Jacob Chikrin. I saw Darren Drager reported this morning that his injury may not be as serious. He could be on the ice later this week. I haven't heard that yet, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm not sure really if that, that matters all that much, whether he's on the ice later this week. So uh, it doesn't really impact his trade value or, or that situation at all. It's, a, it's just whether... It's whether that one or two teams steps up. You know, I, I don't know what you guys think of this. I don't know how much you've looked into their system, but... You know, I've, I've seen a lot of talk about Boston and there was a lot of tension on Jacob Chicken when they were in Boston for that reason. When I look at Boston's system, I don't see it. I don't see the return coming from the Boston Bruins 
that is requisite for a Jacob Chikrin trade. I they're they're not going to have high first round picks, so you know that already. I'm not a huge fan of their system. Um, and if Jake DeBrusque is the key player coming back, that doesn't do it for me. I know he's had some recent success, but Jake DeBrusque doesn't move the needle for me. First of all, you're moving a defenseman, a, a top four defenseman, a top three defenseman, in my opinion, at least right now where Jacob Chikrin is. You don't take back a wing. You don't take back a wing. You need you need premium positions because you're dealing a premium position. So to me, Boston doesn't seem like as great a fit as some others have characterized it to be. Yeah, for some reason, his name is is highly associated with the Boston Bruins. That I, for the reasons you just stated, and Jake DeBrusque to me, right now is playing on their top line with Marshawn and Bergeron, and he's having great success. In, for right now, their their window is <laughs> tightening up in Boston. I'm not sure they moved Jake DeBrusque. I know at the beginning of the season, they wanted him out. The coach, there, there was some disagreement, player, coach, maybe not a great fit. I think they might be past that. So I don't see Boston being a landing spot for Jacob Chicken. I just don't. But again, it, I think as the week progresses, we'll spend more time talking about Jacob because I think the three names out to look for, Jacob Chicken, Phil Kessel, and now with Johan Larson coming back potentially from injury before Monday, potentially, his name will be mentioned again. And I would look for those to be, quote unquote, the big three names to come out of Arizona. Yeah. Boston, too. It's an interesting situation. You talked about how their window is closing. Patrice Bergeron's a UFA after this season. Is he going to come back? Is he going to retire after this season? Is this is this the last hurrah for Boston? The beginning I mean, of the end. You look at where they are in the standings, and I know they played well of late. But I do, when I look at the Bruins, do, do I look at them and think this is a cup contender? I, I don't think I go quite that far. I, I We've been waiting for a long time for the Bruins window to close and it's happened far more gradually than I thought it would, but I do think we're we're, we're right at that point. And I, I'm not sure the Bruins are even a cup contender anymore, so I don't know. I, I don't know what makes sense for them at this point. And I have one more thing I want to say about the trade deadline, and I know we've, we've got a lot to cover, but people look for those big moves. And you talk about Claude Giroux and Mark Giordano are at the top of this list and Ben Chirot, and there's some big names towards the top of this list. But if you just read a recent article in The Athletic about what the last five Stanley Cup winners have actually done at the trade deadline, and guess what? Oh, that they didn't. Yeah, that one. They didn't knock it out of the park. And you know what the Tampa Bay Lightning did two years ago? They picked up Barkley, Good, Goodrow, and Blake Coleman. Two third-line grinders. Guess what? Huge pieces to get them over to win the Stanley Cup. Prior to that, you look at Pittsburgh picking up a depth defenseman. I don't know if you're that close to winning a Stanley Cup if you're looking for that top six forward or the guy that's really going to make a big splash. I think you're looking for the minor pieces that help get you over. And Colorado's already got Manson in, who is it? It's a big piece for me. And they brought in Sturm from Minnesota, who even though is less on the cap hit than Jost, I think he's a different player. I think he's a bigger body that drives the net. So those are the minor deals. Claude Giroux's going to go, but is that the guy that's going to bring you a cup? Or is it? Sturm or or someone lower on the list. So that's something to look for as Monday comes along. Look for those those minor deals to make major impacts for teams. Absolutely. And we'll continue to talk about the trade deadline probably every day for the next five days. Um, and we'll also have a show on Monday sometime after the trade deadline passes to reflect on the moves that the Coyotes make. So we'll we'll keep tabs on that. Another thing that's coming up faster than I ever thought 
the the playoffs are on the horizon. I mean, it's mid-March right now. The season ends at the end of April. Um, there's just a month and a half left in the season. And, man, it's an interesting race. And right now, where the playoffs stand, if the playoffs started tomorrow, there's some really interesting matchups there. And do you think – do you want to look at them right now and see who we would pick? <laughs> I yeah. think that that's fun. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can start in the Eastern Conference, and man, the Eastern Conference is going to be some really good playoff hockey. Uh, and and these can change, as you mentioned, Leah. That things could change because there's there's some tight grouping in the standings. But right now, every one of these matchups is intriguing to me. But Florida, Washington, like Florida's had this unbelievable season, right? Finally, the breakthrough season that everybody looked for from that immense talent on the Florida Panthers. Now you got to go up against the Washington Capitals in the first round. Washington hasn't had a great season. It's had some injury issues. You know, Backstrom out for a while. They've had other key players out. But Washington is playoff savvy. They're seasoned. They've been there. They've won a cup. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think of that first round matchup. And to me, first round matchups are so tough in the NHL. I see a lot of surprises, especially there where it's almost like if you get past that first round, you can get on a run if you're a good team. But, man, this is a this is a tough assignment for the Florida Panthers in the first round. And that's why I think it's so important you talk about playoff positioning and where these standings fall. Like, can Boston catch, you know, does Toronto fall out of the top three? And now you're looking at Florida playing Toronto. Does, does that match up better for Florida? I, I know if I had to face a goalie in the league right now, I'd sure as hell like to play Toronto out of the gate. Wait, you don't think Eric Shulgren is the answer, Petey? <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll have to talk about Shulgren. He's at Toronto already. <laughs> he's the guy. He's, got, he's starting game one of the playoffs. It's done. Got a shutout. He's in. He's the guy. Don't worry about it. Jacques Plant, Monk, Paul Matier, and Eric Shulgren. Um, the, I, the Florida Panthers, to me, are incredibly dangerous. They're fast. They can defend, and they have good goaltending. Three things that are dangerous. They can score at will. They're plus 73 in goal differential, which is absolutely insane and leads the National Hockey League. I think if they were in the West, I'd have them, I'd, I'd give them the Western Championship right now. But the East is going to be so hard. There's so many teams that have that same blueprint that are fast, get up the ice quick and through the blue lines quickly with transition. There's a lot of teams like that. But I like the Panthers. Um, if the playoff started today against the Washington Capitals, I would take Florida and I would say as little as four. Wow. They're going to roll them. I, still, I don't think they're going to think- play each other. I don't, I don't think they play. I think they play Toronto. I take Florida too, but I don't think it's going to be that easy. I think that the the playoffs is a whole new season and having playoff experience matters a lot. And like Craig mentioned, the Capitals have a ton of it and the Panthers don't. I still think the Panthers are the better team talent-wise. Um, but anyway, that one would well, be We don't fun. record this, right? Like, it doesn't matter what we say. Like, nobody oh, will come back and no, question. This, watch every single Nobody will call us talking. out on this, Peter. Nobody yeah. will call us nobody out. At all. Nobody will this mention that recorded. you picked the Florida Panthers to sweep the Washington Capitals. <laughs> <laughs> As the capital. Everybody right now is going to their DraftKings Sportsbook app, putting everything on the caps right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, this segment, Leah. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, if the playoffs started today. I'm sorry, Toronto. It's just... It's another year. See ya. Out in the first. Yikes. I mean, isn't that what happens? The the season-canceling lockout have the Toronto 
Maple Leafs won a playoff series. It's crazy how long it's been. Is there, this is like, the matchup. They're gone. What matchup in the East does Toronto have the edge? Genuinely. I, I, honestly, the, even if they fall out, so if they stay in the Atlantic, you're looking at, I mean, I, I don't think Tampa can catch Florida, but will you start with Florida or Tampa, that does not end well. And then if you bump down to the wild card, you're still looking at Florida or Carolina, and that doesn't end well. I guess if you're Toronto right now and you had to map it out of those teams, I would probably want to face Carolina. Tampa Bay to me has been, they've lost three out of their last four. They're struggling a little bit, but come on. They're two-time defending Cubs champions. When the playoff starts, look out. Vasilevsky's dialed in. You don't want to play Tampa. Like that, that could be the worst of the four matchups that they could possibly face. See, if I'm if I'm uh Kyle Dubas right now, I'm just looking at the potential matchup saying, ah shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't see any way they get out of the first. I don't Neither see any do possible way. Toronto is going out in the first round again. Yeah, I do too. I don't see any possible way that Toronto gets through the first. And I know they're high skilled at the front end, but playoffs is about goaltending and defending. And I, I, two I things that it. aren't their strengths. Man. I, I think you guys are selling Eric Schalgren short. Is he the answer? Is he Look the new guy? According to Sportsnet, he is. Look at his. Yeah, I, know. I saw that headline. God, Come on. Please. Come on. Oh, <sighs> Yeah. Did, so, Leah, if you had to pick, uh, like, how long the Florida-Washington series goes, what do you think? Florida-Washington, give me six games. I'm saying the full seven. That's okay. a seven series. Tampa-Toronto, I'll, I'll go six. I'll go five. I'll go five, too. <laughs> Yikes. Right. Okay, Carolina-Boston. Carolina has owns the season series so far. I think they've won every game. So far, yeah, and they've won every game handily. 3-0, and 6 nothing. Well, I don't put much stock in the regular season, though. And Boston's playing much better of late. The Boston was not as strong a team until very recently. I don't know how much stock to put into this, but Boston has been Carolina's nemesis in the playoffs. They knocked them out a couple years consecutively. They couldn't get past the Bruins. So it's almost like this is the giant that you need to slay in order to make that run. Carolina is an elite team. They have a lot going for them. Can they get past the Bruins or do the Bruins do it to them once again? I don't know what you guys think. I, I think I'd pick Carolina, but I don't think this is going to be an easy series either. I think right now Boston is the hottest team in the National Hockey League. Carolina is second. Coyotes are third in the hottest teams in the league right now. <laughs> Just throwing it out That's there. a statement you wouldn't it's have true. expected to hear two months ago. So Boston, I think Boston is – a. It, I like a lot of things about the Boston Bruins. The one thing I'm concerned about going into the playoffs would be, is Swayman the guy and can he carry the mail through the playoffs? That would be my concern. Now, when you get a young rookie goaltender, sometimes they get incredibly hot and he could roll on to win the consmite. He could. I don't think that happens here. I have Carolina winning that series. Um, and I know Frederick Anderson has not been a playoff um, powerhouse either, but I've got Carolina winning that series. And I would say that is going to also be, that's the series I'm most excited about if the matchup started today. And I would say Carolina in six. I want to, as long as we're on Boston and you mentioned Swayman, I wanted to ask you about this. And I know this is backtracking a little bit, but that's another name that I've heard floated. Would the Bruins actually move Jeremy Swayman? I don't know how you feel about him, PD, as a goalie. He's listed at 6'2". I don't think he's that tall. The The trend is for NHL goalies to be big guys. I don't know if I'd be sold on Jeremy Swayman as, as your guy. I think goaltenders look good behind the Bruins generally because they play really good team defense, but I'm not sure about him. 
Yeah, I'm not sure either. And he's had incredible success right now. Our numbers, his numbers are fantastic. He's quick. He's athletic. His body of work is not big enough yet, though. And you're looking. I'm I'm assuming they had hoped that Rask would be available by the playoffs. He wouldn't retire, and this would be a whole different narrative right now. Jeremy Swayman was going back to the minors. I mean, he he had packed his bags and he was gone with Tuka Rask stepping into the starting role. So I don't think they anticipated that he would be the guy carrying the torch into the playoffs. And their backup is Linus Allmark, who's had, you know, an up and down career. You know, Buffalo, he had up and down. And he's, I, I don't know. I don't think they get rid of Jeremy Swayman. I don't think they can trade him because I don't, I mean, you got to have some goaltending depth. Now, does he make it all the way through the playoffs as their starting guy? I think Allmark will start at some point in the playoffs. Mm. I don't so think he's the future, if that's my point. I, he'll have a flash. They're going to need some goaltending help, and I think they're going to need it right away. Who, who are you taking in the series? Um, I've got Carolina in six. Give me seven games. <laughs> Carolina. All right, last one in the East. New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins. Again? This. Seems like they always play. That's a tough yes, one for me. That's a tough matchup because they're they're very similar teams. I, New York's ahead of where they anticipated to be in the rebuild. It's going to come down to one one of the issues that could come down to who has home ice. Right now, they're both tied with 81 points. Um, I think home ice will be critical in this series. I think Madison Square Garden can be a difficult place to pay to play, and Pittsburgh is as well. Pittsburgh has more experience, but the Rangers can score. Um, I would have to go. This is going to go the distance. It's going to go seven. And it's going to be on the back of Shesterkin, and he gets a shutout in Game Seven, and the Rangers move on. Give me Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is can like continues to stick around as a contender every year. You think, well, their window's closing, that core is getting old, and every year they've surprised. Um, and I know that as of late they've struggled in the early playoff rounds, but I think they have one last hurrah and I don't want to bet against the Penguins. So give me Pittsburgh in six. I'm with that Leah Merrill on this one. I think the Rangers are going to need another year to get through, but the wild card is what you mentioned, Petey. If Shesterkin keeps up his play in the playoffs, what he's doing in the regular season, his numbers, his numbers are historic. And historic, if, he, yeah. if he had played a few more games this season, I think he'd probably be in the MVP conversation because of what he's doing if he can keep doing that in the playoffs we know what a what a great goaltender can do in in the postseason but I like Pittsburgh's playoff experience I like their toughness uh, and I like their yeah I, I just I just like Pittsburgh in this series I, I think it's a six game series for the Penguins with the caveat that if Shesterkin keeps it up all bets are off before we move to the west and I don't want to go round by round because this I'd like to keep the show under two hours but <laughs> Before we move on, give me your top team in the East. Who wins the East? Who wins the Eastern Conference? We won't go round by round, but who wins the East? Uh, I mean, clearly we're going to revisit this. I'm going to say I'm going to say Tampa Bay because I still think they're in the window, and I still think they're the elite team in the East. I agree. And I don't think it's as important for Tampa to be the top seed anymore. I think we're all in lockstep here. They're just, I mean, this is, this is the model for the NHL. Not only have you done it, you know, with a sustainable team that has prospects continually coming up. And it, listen, at some point, they'll have to pay the piper because the, old, the, the elite players get old and then you have to rebuild. But 
they did it in a non-traditional market too. And they, they, they did it exactly the way you're supposed to do it. And this is what the Coyotes want to do. Hell, it's why they brought Daryl Plandowski in. They want to do it this exact same way. I still think Tampa's the best team. The playoffs are funky. Stuff can happen. Carolina and Florida are really good teams. But, yeah, it's hard for me to dethrone the champs before they're, they're actually out. I'll say the same. Let's head out west. All right. Let's go to the west where it's a very different picture than the east. The east, you know, we, we struggle, but the west hasn't been as strong this year. Um, let's start with the first matchup if the playoffs started today, Calgary, Minnesota. I love the way the Flames play defense. I love what Daryl Sutter's done up there. They're a tough grinding team. They're scoring too. I got Cal- Calgary Flames winning this one in five or six games. Yeah, I think Markstrom's a difference. He's playing lights out. They defend well. They're tough. Um, the one thing Minnesota has is they're they're a deeper team. I think they're a stronger four line team than the Flames, but I still don't think it's enough. I think if you're giving me Cam Talbot versus Markstrom for a seven game series, I, I've got to go with the Flames, and I, I think it's going to be five, maybe six. Yeah, I agree with both of you, and I just think Calgary's been too hot, and I think that Minnesota is on the up and up, and I think Minnesota in a, a couple years will be maybe like a Calgary, but for the sake of this. I'm going Calgary is, as well. And, and Leah, you know, we, we, Craig talked about matchups. The one team that this team does play well against is Colorado. So for Minnesota's sake, they're better to fall and play Colorado than they are to play Calgary because if they move up and play St. Louis, it's even worse. Their numbers against St. Louis are horrific. So <laughs> it, it might behoove Minnesota to drop to eighth and face Colorado, who is still a juggernaut and still wins. But I, I think it's, like you said, Minnesota's going to have a tough go no matter who they draw. All right. L.A. and Edmonton, who saw this one coming at the start? (laughs) With uh, McClellan versus Jay Woodcroft. The two have been coaches (laughs) together since Detroit. Jay Woodcroft has been McClellan's, uh, Todd McClellan's assistant coach for his entire coaching career. And now they'd face off in the playoffs. Uh, Give me that for sure. Um, I don't know. (sighs) Somehow L.A. does it. Somehow L.A. gets over the hump. Goaltending, um, Edmonton goaltending collapses. Peterson becomes the hero of the series. LA and six. Okay, I, I to me, neither of these teams is very good. <laughs> these are these are mediocre teams that are in the playoffs because of the division they play in. Um, so, LA's at least LA's on the upper trajectory. This is you know this is good playoff experience for them. Whatever happens, Edmonton has. Massive expectations. There's going to be massive pressure on them. They have massive issues with their roster beyond those two superstars. I think I'm with PD on this one. I think Edmonton's going to flame out in the first round, and there's going to be a lot of finger pointing and questions being asked up in Edmonton when the LA Kings advance to the next round, which is as far as LA is going in this postseason. But I think, yeah, yeah, this one's tough. This is the first one that I don't have that true gut and I want to say Edmonton based on skill but just look at how their season's gone I agree I think I agree with both of you on that and I also agree that LA they have the benefit of being in a bad division and I don't think they'll survive past some central division teams and caveat to all this is they got to make the freaking thing first yeah yeah Dallas and Vancouver and oh yeah Vancouver's not out of this thing yet they're seven two and one in their last 10 they're nipping at the Edmonton Oilers heels and Dallas has got a couple games in hand and has there been an update on Vero Heiskanen 
because that's a not been. critical piece for Dallas. I mean, they right. need him. They're going to make the playoffs. And did they trade Klingberg at the deadline? The, yeah. The Dallas, there's and, and what do they get for him? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a the, lot the playoffs of- in the West are going to be an interesting chase down the end because even the, the Winnipeg Jets, they're – they're in it. Like they're two points back of, of the last place um, team in the wild card right now. So like they, the yeah. opposite of the Eastern. Conference. It is. And there's some good teams fighting to get in too. And Winnipeg, if Winnipeg sneaks in, they've got good goaltending. Vancouver, I, I think's out if they make it in. I hate to say it, but same with Dallas. Even if they squeak in, I think they're out. But Vegas, what if they miss the freaking playoffs? Well, All boy. right, let's, oh, anyway. let's, let's lift it that series because can you imagine Colorado and Vegas playing in the first round? Imagine this. Vegas gets healthy. Mark Stone's back. Max yeah. Pacioretty's back. Robin Leonard's healthy. They've got – I don't know what Martinez's situation is going to be at this point, but imagine a healthy Vegas Golden Knights team playing the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. And oh one of those – which means one of those two teams who are both favored to be in the Western Conference Finals – and potentially the Stanley Cup, one of those two teams is out in the first round. Uh-oh. Colorado in seven. Petey? I fucking don't know. Like, if it's Vegas hard, gets right? healthy, they're yeah. dangerous. They're really, really good. Yeah. Is but this the is Vegas the best. Team this now? Colorado team is just, I don't know. Camper versus Laner. Josh Manson, I really do. I, I thought that was exactly what they needed. Um, I'll take Colorado in six. I'll go with Colorado in seven that they finally get past the Vegas Golden Knights, but I would not be surprised at all if Vegas won the series, if they're healthy. And if they do, wow, what do you do in Colorado at that point if you flame out in the first round? Yeah, that's why I think there's a lot of hope that this this playoff thing, because Colorado would rather place Dallas, Vancouver, Anybody but Vegas. Anybody. So I think they're sitting there quietly in their management room right now going, please, Vegas, get in or get out. Like lose a bunch or move the hell up in the Pacific Division standing, and and honestly, they're two points behind Edmonton right now. They're a couple, you know, a handful of games behind L.A. There is a very good chance that the Vegas Golden Knights jump into that top three. But if they don't, that is the marquee series of the first round in the West by a mile, no doubt, huh? And look yeah, for that some would be unreal. And, and I don't, and I don't want that to happen because. I, I just don't want that to happen. And I hope that Vegas picks up his play going forward here. And Or they get out. How about that? Can we do that too? <laughs> yeah, I mean, be... it would be fun. I, as a Jack Eichel watching fan, the playoffs from the outside again. Yeah. yeah I'm okay continuing with that to not make the playoffs. <laughs> Man. Um, all right. Last one in the West, St. Louis, Nashville. Remember when we picked Nashville as second to last in the central and now <laughs> they're in the playoff picture. Yeah. Hmm. I don't I don't get it and I don't think they're winning. In fact, with the St. Louis Blues, that's my dark horse to win the West. I could oh, see I the, like it. I could see the Blues making a run all the way to the cup final. I think they're that good. I think I, that Yeah. I think they've also been a quiet one for me this year. Um and again, you forget they just won the Stanley Cup 3 years ago. Um and the core pieces of that team are still there. So, I agree with you, Craig. Give me St. Louis over Nashville in five games. Yeah, St. Louis. I'll take St. Louis in five also. And then the last question comes to who wins the West. Who is the Stanley Cup representative in the Western Conference right now? It has to be Colorado. It has to be. I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it should. That Calgary, I don't know how well Colorado matches up against Calgary. 
I, I don't know. Physically, Calgary can be imposing. They can play a tough style. Nice. And Markstrom is great. Yeah. And, and Craig said St. Louis sneakily plays a four-line game. They can score up and down their lineup. I, and they've won. They're big. <laughs> so it's those three. I guess I'll jump on the the, the president's trophy winning Colorado Avalanche. You don't, you don't have to feel pressure. You no, but it, I mean, if they're rolling and they're healthy and their defense plays the way they can offensively and Kemper plays like the Kemper are, but historically, to roll out. the president's trophy has not bode well for teams making deep playoff runs. And I don't think Calgary's ready. It's actually a myth. It's actually a myth. The Uh-oh. president's trophy thing is actually a myth if you look at the percentages. The number one seeds go deeper than anyone else in the playoffs. Well, it well, feels like lately. There have been some historic flameouts, though. <laughs> well, I'll take the Colorado Avalanche. So we have Colorado and Tampa in the finals, and give me that. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Colorado and Tampa? Okay, yeah. I mean, I'd love to watch that hockey. Yeah. And you know what? To sum up the the whole conversation, there's a lot of really good players. There's a lot of really good teams. And this playoff are going to be fantastic because right now the focus in the National Hockey League are on high-end talent and skill and scoring. And that's what people want to watch. These playoffs are going to be so much fun. Playoff hockey, I think, is, is fantastic anyway. This year is going to be really, really good playoff hockey. In these scenarios, once we get to the quarterfinals, the, the final eight teams, with, with the with the exception of L.A. Edmonton, no team would surprise me if they went all the way to the cup at that at that point because there, there are some really good teams. There are not as many in the West as there are in the East, but there are probably four teams if Vegas gets healthy where you could say in the West, okay, I could see that happening with Calgary, Colorado, Vegas, or as I mentioned, St. St. Louis. Louis. See all of them. I, I am really excited for it. And Coyotes fans, it's coming. Just not this year. <laughs> or next year. Um, <laughs> or maybe the year after that. Well, <laughs> that would be our picks if the playoffs started today. Of course, that's not the case. And watch every single one of these matchups change. But we'll do this again when it gets when the playoff matches are actually set. And we can actually – maybe we'll do a poll uh, – like among the three of us, whoever gets the most first-round picks right – can win a prize so we'll see but um you can't my cat has been just running around yelling (laughs) she wants to give her two cents um anyway you can't bet on which teams will match up against each other but you can bet on team futures and if you have a sense of who you think is going to win the stanley cup you can bet on that um already on the draft team sportsbook app if you don't want to look that far ahead you can just bet on college basketball this week because March Madness is here and new customers for the DraftKings Sportsbook app who bet $5 on any college hoops team to win get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Um, existing customers can also bet on college basketball with same game parlays. So there's tons of things that you can do with that. So be sure to sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets. If you, they do, that's 21 and over. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details all right should we really quickly before we get to our our final topic last night Ovechkin passed Yager and is now 34 goals short of Gordy Howe we've been tracking this the whole season it's just a matter of time I don't think he'll I don't think he has 34 goals in him in 
22 <laughs> games remaining, but next season for sure, I see Ovechkin passing Gordy Howe. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen sometime early next season. And then then the watch will be on for, for him chasing Wayne Gretzky, one of Wayne Gretzky's hallowed records that everybody assumed would never be broken. And he's he's gonna get there. He's gonna get there. It's gonna be really cool to watch when we get when we narrow in. I like the fact that Yaramir Yager reached out to him right away, congratulated him, and said, keep scoring. That's cool. I, I just love when 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 truly big time records are in danger, when someone is chasing a big time record. It's a really cool time in the NHL, and and they don't get much bigger than goals scored in in your career. This is a really cool pursuit, and I know there's all the 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 baggage that Alex Ovechkin now carries with him for for campaigning openly for Vladimir Putin, and you you can't ignore all, all that stuff. But on the ice, this is really fun to watch. Absolutely. So he's looking at about what 130 behind Gretzky right now. So let's say he gets another. Let's just go under. Let's go. He gets 12, 12 to 15 this year. So he's 115, what's that, two and a half seasons? Yeah. About. So the third season. So what I want everybody to do is look into the crystal ball and look <laughs> at the this the Washington Capitals schedule three years from now and get the highlighter out when they're playing at the, the ASU guy. building <laughs> against the Arizona Coyotes. There's one game that season and circle it, highlight it, put it in big red ink and pray to the hockey gods that Alexander Ovechkin breaks the scoring <laughs> record in Tempe in a 5,000 seat team. Let's just, just right? please put it First on the universe. Think about this PD, like where do they put all the press that would be there for that game? Where, where do they put them? the bleachers? That, that's the whole building. Put them on the that's bleachers. The, 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 the whole building is 5,000 24 seats. seats in the press box. Please, please circle that date and please, <laughs> hockey gods, make that the day that he <laughs> breaks the record in Tempe. Would they move the game outside? Do you put it in the football stadium? <laughs> in Sun Devil Stadium. In By Sun the way, Devil? why does everyone keep talking about Chase and State Farm Stadium as the ideal no, outdoor sites for no. Arizona? It's Tempe. Sun Devil Stadium. Forget Period. the others. Period. Sunday yeah. Stadium. Go and if you don't believe it, go drive by them and, and imagine a hockey. What what are the what are the visuals going to be inside Chase? What the hell are you going to look at? Boring. Walls. Same for State Farm. Boring. State Farm walls. Go to you. You got Sun Devil Stadium. Stadium. It's phenomenal. Can you imagine an outdoor game there? I'd be absolutely stunning. Let's get that. And I and so let's do that. Three years from now, Capitals come here and it's an outdoor game and he breaks the record outdoor. <laughs> At Sun Devil Stadium. Spin the wheel, Leah, because I think that's it. Just to, just to warn the NHL, there may be sunlight that you have to deal with, NHL. Remember, sunlight. Sun that happens outside? Day. The sun comes out during the day, NHL, so take that into account, especially in Arizona. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> which Nothing... segues us into our last. Yes, that was a great segue, um, which was that today Katie Strang and Sean Shapiro published a story in The Athletic about what we've been talking about for many months, um, the future of the Coyotes in Arizona, what it will be like playing at the ASU Arena, as we just talked about. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's on the Athletics website, but I'll let you guys take it away on this one. There's a lot of frustration from the Coyotes fan base with the way the Athletic covers the Coyotes because Quite frankly, they, they don't cover the Coyotes. And I don't, listen, I don't blame two national writers for doing this piece. That's their job. They're doing what they do. The problem is when you ignore the team the rest of the time, 
this is the only lens that the athletic ever casts on the coyotes. So that's a bit frustrating for the fan base to have to deal with that. Um, I think there also may be some mischaracterizations. I'll, I'll go to the players, for instance. Oh, the you know, this narrative that the players are unhappy. I'm sure there are some players on the Coyotes that are unhappy about playing at ASU, but I know for a fact that there are some players that don't care because they've told me so. So be careful with that characterization. And listen, when the NHLPA does an interview with a site, they're going to give their perspective, right? Their spin on things. Be very careful because the NHLPA very clearly cares about hockey-related revenue, and it's a legitimate concern. You have you have a lot of questions about what they're going to be able to generate out of this arena and what the situation is going to be for the players. That's their job, to worry about that stuff for the players. But I, I again, I want to stress, be very careful about characterizing how the players feel about it unless you've talked to all the players and know how they feel about it. Don't take the NHLPA's word for it is what I'm saying. To me, Craig, the biggest issue out of this is the hockey-related revenue. I get that argument. I understand it. I go, if I'm an owner, hell, I don't want to give the Coyotes ownership more because of what they did to the bill. I get it. There should be some kind of threshold. And my thought process is there probably will be some kind of threshold on the revenue sharing based on hockey-related revenues because of the building. I do not know that. I have no reporting to state that. It's just common sense, so it may or may not happen. That's a real issue. I understand that argument. To say anything else about this building other than the hockey-related revenue, it's it's all hyperbole. I don't know. It's going to be brand-new state-of-the-art facilities that's going to sell out and be loud. I, I, I don't – I still don't know. I have – there are players that want to play in that building. There are – managers that want to see teams play there there are visiting teams travel guys that go you know what it's five minutes from the freaking airport it's closer than it's better drive there are more options for hotels and restaurants there are people that are excited about this move as long as it bridges to the ultimate solution i i still don't know is it ideal we've all said this for months no it's not ideal but guess what guys have said that yeah, the guys have said that. But I will say they put the spin on. This is great. This is great. This, well, it's not great. It's it's okay. It's going to work, but it's not. It's not the worst thing in the history of hockey, for God's sakes. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, the article. It's there's no real new stories coming from it. I think to to Leah, Leah definitely. I agree with Leah. We have to talk about it. It's part of a Coyotes fan base. You need to be aware that it's out there in the ether. There's nothing dramatically new from this article let's just wait let's just wait is the bigger issue now and follow craig on this one and craig s morgan follow the reporting out of tempe that's what's important now what's going to happen in tempe the tempe city council the vote you know the the proposal the counties have on the table follow that story that's the story the arena that's done we're over it they're playing there it'll be great and it's the the other side of this and you alluded to this too is it, it it's in the way a story is framed right you can you can raise all those concerns and they're legitimate concerns and I, I don't have a problem with all that being out there. Those those concerns are real and and those should be brought up. But what about that other side that you just talked about? What about the excitement from some sides? I, to me, again, it's about the way the story was framed. I don't think it's entirely fair. I think it's more nuanced on the ground here than the reports that I've seen thus far have, have portrayed it, whether it's Sportsnet or The Athletic. I think it's far more nuanced. And I, actually, I don't think it. I know it. 
So that that bugs me a little bit. Yeah, and I just want to echo the sentiment from the fan perspective of how exhausting <laughs> this is and how exhausting this narrative is. And again, a lot of the points that you mentioned, the points that were raised in the article are extremely valid points. Um, but like you said, where's that other side? And I also think, oh, like Gary Bettman's just fighting for the Coyotes to stay and it just seems like a useless fight. How about what having an NHL team in Arizona does for this market from the ground up? So there's just so much there that's missing. That's just mm. so frustrating as a fan. And it's like, it's, I don't know, the only comparison I can think is like, you're just living about your life. And then your, your boss only tells you when you've done something bad, like two times and never says anything positive. It would be like the same thing where a national outlet just comes in for a story like this and again it's I get it I do but it's just tiring mm. and I can't wait for this narrative to be done and one last thing before we sign off here the other side of this is you know everybody talks about oh they, I can't believe the NHL is allowing them to do this here they they should just move the team okay it's it's not going to happen they're not going to move but if you are moving them, where are they going? Houston, have you done the reporting? Have you done the actual reporting to see if Houston's a viable option? It's not. Do the reporting before you throw that out there casually. Is Quebec an option? The NHL wants no part of Quebec. Let's be honest about that. It's They made that pretty clear already. There really isn't a great option for moving this team elsewhere. And if you do the damn reporting, you'll find that out. So stop throwing out the, oh, well, they should just move them. Where are they going to go? You don't have anywhere for them to go. And that's part of the issue here. But again, I don't think the Coyotes are going anywhere. Yep. Well, you heard it here first. And if you want to follow the local reporting, Craig is your guy. So become a member today at gophnx.com to have access to all those stories. Um, we talked about the city council stuff. All of that will be covered and we'll have everything firsthand at gophnx.com. So sign up to become a member, access to the members only discord, members deals on merchandise. Also a plug, if you're listening to this today, Wednesday, we're doing a members discord, a March madness pool. So if you haven't joined that yet, do so today because the tournament starts tomorrow. So get your brackets in today, members of the discord. And if you want to join that, become a member at gophnx.com, join our discord, and then you can join our March madness bracket. So, all right. Is that all for us today? We're out. We're out. We will be off tomorrow and we will be back this friday live at 1 30 coach andre Tourney will be a guest on the phnx coyotes live show on the phnx sports youtube channel so to be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss it um follow us on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes please and we will see everyone friday